Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Pre-Shift. Uh, it's your host, John, and uh, I just had a couple beers, so uh, let's let it flow, man. Let's let it uh, let's let it ride, man. So today, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of inspired, man, by a conversation I just had with one of my best friends, and um, it, it's kind of a tough subject, so, you know, if you're, if you're not really... If you don't want to really want to hear things that that aren't, uh, I guess, pretty, um, you probably should turn the episode off. But I want to talk to you about mental health, and um, it's something that I think affects our industry in a big way, and nobody really talks about. You know, we we kind of vent a lot at work, and. Um, you know, we, we're, you know, servers, or a lot of servers that have a kind of a darker side of humor and it's great, man, because, you know, intelligent people like darker humor. It's, it's harder to surprise intelligent people. So that's why they like things that are fucked up. And, um, you know, we joke a lot, man. We make a lot of jokes and, and, and say shit. And, but at the same time, man, like, you know, we vent a lot, but you don't really know like how much of that is true right how much of that is like is that person close to the edge and i'm just going to talk about my experience and you know hopefully it'll help so you know serving is tough man it's a real bitch right it's just an ugly bitch just in your face all the time fun at times but just it's it's hard on the soul, man. And sometimes it's hard on the on the on the emotions, man. It's hard on the sanity, and um, especially if you get stuck in the trap where you have to do it, right? People don't like being forced to do something or feeling like they're trapped. Like every human hates feeling trapped. Every human loves freedom, um, except in certain sexual situations. But that's a different topic and a different show. Um, but you know, when you feel that you have to do something and you know, it, it, it's very stressful for you. Like some people can't handle it. Some people cannot handle the stress of the job very well. Right. And it pours into the rest of their life. And, you know, and, 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 you know, man, I'm not saying things that you guys don't see and I don't need, you know, scientific studies for you to tell you that this is true. In most cases is that a lot of people run to drugs a lot of people run to alcohol. A lot of people will run to destructive behavior. You know, they will self-destruct after the shift. And, um, you know, it's very common. You know, I, I've seen it through my career. I've done it myself for countless years and many times. Um, you know, I, I can't even count the amount of times I've went out after work and got shit-faced. Not like I had a couple beers to unwind, but got shit-faced drunk. To where I probably should have not... I should have not have driven, for sure. And I probably should have died. Like, on the way home. Like, I mean, I remember one time I flipped my Jeep. You know, I literally almost died in a car accident by myself. For getting fucked up. Um, and, you know, I want to talk to you today kind of why we do it. I, and this is just my opinion from things I've read. And uh, just my personal experience. And then uh, kind of ways to kind of, you know, kind of overcome it. So, you know, we kind of have to put on this front all the time at work, right? Like, you know, someone told me that that 
hospitality is basically acting. You know, when you go on, on, on the floor, you're on stage, right? That's what they, they call it. You're on stage. And why do you think they call it that? Because you're putting on a show. You're acting. And to act is not always to be, right? You know, sometimes, like, some people just love serving and love being in that environment. And that's who they are. But a lot of people, it's a show. It's an act. And to kind of have to split your personality, there's a price to pay for that. You know, you, you, it takes a lot of mental effort to be someone different than who you normally are. And, you know, and um, it takes a lot out of you. Mentally, emotionally, you know, spiritually, whatever. It drains you. And, um, you know, so when you get out of work, you know, what's the first thing you want to do? Is get back to who you are, right? Get back to like that person you are on a normal basis. And, you know, think of it like a rubber band, right? You've had it stretched in a certain direction for so long that when you let it go, finally, it goes way to, it doesn't go stop in the middle. It goes way to the other side first, right? And then it comes back and back and forth until eventually it ends up in the middle. So that's kind of like what happens to us. And this is just my opinion. I'm not a psychologist. You know, I'm not a therapist and any kind of shit like that. This is just my thoughts on it. That we snap to the other side to compensate for having to, um, you know, put on this show. And when you're in that mode, you know, you you will, um, you know, overindulge to, you know, try and get back to normal, right? Um, there's this also other thing that says that um, there's a study in this book called... Uh, Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow, this book by Daniel Kahneman, amazing book if you like psychology and like understanding how people work, um, is that when your brain is tired, that you that you, it takes a lot of mental effort to make good decisions, and when your brain is tired, it will take the easiest course. So I think that plays a, a big part into it, too. You're like, you're tired, man. Like, hey, man, you know, you want to go home and just chill, and someone's like, hey, man, let's go have a couple beers. Nah, man, I'm tired. Oh, come on, you fucking pussy. Let's go have some beers. And you don't feel like fighting them. Okay, fine. Let's just go, man. I'll just drink one or two, which turns into six or eight, which turns into 10 or 12, which turns into, holy shit, what the fuck happened last night? And, you know, you get in this cycle, man. You get in this this cycle of stress, 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 and then overcompensate to unwind, to recover, right? And the recovery is... you know, not always a positive thing, man. It can be drugs, it can be coke or weed or fucking fentanyl or heroin or whatever the fuck people do, man. Alcohol. And, um, you know, there's a price to pay for that. There's a really big price to pay for to to get fucked up. And I think it plays on people really, really bad, man, because you get stuck in this cycle. You don't know how to deal with the stress except by getting fucked up. And then next thing you know, you know, you're, that's your life. You have a very stressful job that you really can't, you know, handle that well, but you need the money. Um, you're used to the money and your lifestyle is built on that kind of money. So you have to, you know, in your mind have to, in quotations, work there. And the only way that you've developed to deal with that stress is to go out and get fucked up. So now, you know, being an alcoholic, being a cokehead, being a pothead, you know, using harder drugs, pills, whatever, 
is your choice is now part of who you are. Right? And that cycle can only last for so long because you're going to need more and more to get to, to recover, right? And it becomes an addiction. And now you're literally an alcoholic to where, and I've been here, man. I've drinking, you know, I, I, I've gotten to a point in my career at one time, um, I would drink before work. I had a flask of Jameson um, that I would drink on the way to work. Um, I would mix it with Red Bull too, so I'd have energy. So I'd drink a flask of Red Bull on the way to work, or a flask of Jameson on the way to work, just to take the edge off. Um, at work, I would ring in um, drinks, or say the drinks got spilled. So I would take maybe one drink, you know, earlier in the day, another drink later. And if other things happened, or I met some other friends that were felt like they needed a drink too, I would drink one there. <coughs> and then after work, I would go get shit faced. I was literally drinking from the time I woke up to the time I went to sleep. And, uh, you know, once, eventually you, you start realizing, you know, you, you do it for a while and you're like, okay, I can handle it. But then eventually you start looking at yourself introspectively and you're like, man, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Like, I literally cannot function without a drink, man. What kind of piece of shit am I? And when you have an addiction problem and then you start seeing the problem is the hardest part. No one tells you that. No one, no drug counseling, no fucking thing I've ever talked to you about um, tells you that part. That when you start realizing that you have an addiction problem is probably one of the hardest times in your entire life. Because you know that you have a problem. Right? And then you start looking at your entire life and realizing that it's based on... Um, getting fucked up and then you start thinking like man how did I get here and you start looking at all the bad decisions you made and all the things that have happened to you to lead you to this point okay and that's really hard on itself that's that's really tough man especially when you're you know you're, you're either on a low from not getting high or you are high and you start thinking about it, especially when you're on coke man coke will you know make you go really deep man and, and not in a good way or on alcohol, man. Alcohol's a depressant, man. It will take you, you know, to a bad place, man, if you let that train of thought go there. Right? So now that you've gone through that part where you saw, saw how you got here, then the reality comes. Okay, I know I have a problem. I know um, that I need to fix it. And I know what got me here. But now how do I fix it? I am really deep into this. You know, I, I don't know how to not be a person without this part of me, right? Without the alcohol, without the weed, or without the coke, or the pills, or whatever. Then that is the second kick to the nuts. Because you know that you have a problem. You know you need to fix it. But now you feel helpless because you don't know how to fix it. You have no idea how you're going to not do this anymore. And that is like the second, probably that is probably the most, one of the most depressing times in your life. If you're going through this is that, um, you know, you know, you're fucked up, but you don't know how to fix it. And now you're getting fucked up knowing you're fucked up and, and it's not escaping anymore. It's not recovery anymore. It's not stress management anymore. It's coping. 
right? It's addiction. It's it's a must, and which drives you deeper into it, like a depression and a self-loathing and a self-hating funk, to where you get fucked up even more to try and escape that. And if you're not careful, it'll kill you. It will literally kill you. Um, I, I, you know, I've been there, man, and uh, you know, I'm getting really emotional just talking about it. But that point in your life is where I think people decide to, um, you know, commit suicide, where they make a, a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Because, you know, you, you feel even more trapped and stuck than you ever have been. And you feel completely alone in this problem. And you know you're the one who got you there. You know you're the only one who can get you out. But you don't know how to do it. Like you can't even stop to just keep yourself from burying yourself even more. You keep burying yourself even deeper. And the only way that you think you can get out of it is to escape. And, um, you know, it's a really shitty feeling, man. It sucks. And, uh, you know, I'll get back on track. But the reason why I wanted to share this with you is because if you're going through it, I want you to know you're not alone, man. That's that's the hardest part is that is that, that aloneness, that loneliness, is that feeling that you're the only one that's in it. And you're the only one that can get you out. And no matter what any positive words or support or any kind of other shit people tell you, it doesn't matter. Because they're not inside your head. They can they can tell you all the positive things you want, but until you can figure out how to do it for yourself, you can't get out. And it's and, and it's a bitch, man. It's oof. I mean I've I've at that point in my life, man, I, I thought about ending my life probably I don't know, man. Three, four times a week at least. I mean I didn't make any serious attempts. I didn't like you know, overdose or like cut on, you know, cut myself or anything like that. But the ser- the thought was there, man. I remember crying myself to sl- to sleep many times, uh, because I didn't know what to do. And um, you know, that's why I think mental health is so important in our business, and it's something that needs to be addressed and something that people need to talk about more and and, and be open and honest about it because. You know, it it can literally kill you. And, uh, you know, I just want to share with you a few things that, that help me. And hopefully it'll help you too. So, um, the, the only way that you're ever going to come an addiction, and this, again, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a therapist. This is just my experience. Is you have to find, you have to dig even deeper. You know how shitty it felt to dig into where you got there? That was just like the circumstances Like you know oh well I did this And I did this and I got in this environment And now I'm in this job and then I spent this You know I bought this car and I have this apartment That I have to pay for And um, now I need two grand a month or three grand a month Whatever the number is And I don't have a college degree and the only way I can make that money Is by doing this job Okay that's like superficial searching You need to go like deep You need to go like soul searching to, To beat your addiction because your addiction is fulfilling a need for you, whether you understand that or not, or whether that makes sense to you or not, it's fulfilling a need. 
So for me, um, alcohol uh, fulfilled a couple needs for me, man. And, and drinking with people fulfilled more needs for me than I had realized when I was doing it. And when I, uh, when I kind of look back on it, I realized this about myself. I don't like having dumbass conversations. I, it's really hard for me to talk to 90% of the people sober because I like going like deep into like intellectual conversation or deep, like, and like kind of like a Seinfeld way. Like, you know, you can have like this really deep and flowing conversation about something stupid, but either way, it's, it's very well thought out and it's intellectual and it's, and it's challenging and it's stimulating, you know, or it's very funny. Right. And, um, and when people are drinking, you know, they're more willing to open up and engage and share. The other part too, is that, you know, people, um, you know, they're very reserved. They don't open up and let out. And me, I'm a person that I don't give a shit, man. I just say what's on my fucking mind. You know, it, it, sometimes it's offensive and it's rude and it's not, you know, PC, but I don't care, man. Like, you know, like, you know, the world is so boring. Like, what the fuck, man? So when people are drinking, people will let out, you know, their thoughts. They will let out who they are. And I, and I needed that, you know, I needed to be around people that I felt were, um, being open and, uh, socializing, right. In a way that I, that I liked. And that helped me fight my loneliness and my aloneness. Like, um, I don't know, man. Like, I always feel alone. No matter where I'm at, where I'm at, there's very few times that I feel uh, connected with people. So when I would be drinking with people, I would feel that they were like me and I wasn't alone anymore. And that was my real, like, the real reason I would drink, right? It wasn't to go cope or to go bury it or go, you know, out and just have a good time and unwind. It was, that was the reason. And it took me a long time to figure that out. It took me like a year and a half, two years of like searching and thinking and analyzing the situations to figure that out about myself. So it's not easy. I'm not telling you you're going to figure that out tomorrow. But hopefully I can set you on this path from this conversation. And once you figure that out, you know, you can control it. You can control, you know, the addiction. Because you know why you're doing it. And, and then you can attack that problem. Like, hey, man, like, okay, these people are, you know, you can, you, uh, you can question the absurdity of the idea. You know, and it's like, man, if I have to drink with people to be connected to them, do I really want to be connected to them in the first place? Right? Like, can't I find something else to be connected to people with? And that's where I got to with um, uh, doing martial arts. I love, I love it. I love the challenge of it. Right. There's a camaraderie that you get from someone, you know, beating the shit out of you. But to the point to where, you know, like literally you trust these people with your health and with your well-being because, you know, you guys are going at it hard. You're going, you know, you're wrestling or you're grappling or you're sparring and you trust that person to, you know, go at you, but not take your head off because you have to go to work tomorrow. And you develop that camaraderie that I developed the camaraderie with those people and that sense of community where I didn't need to drink anymore. I found it in something else. And I'm not saying martial arts is for everyone. It's not. Um, but you will have to replace that. Um, you still you still have to feel that need, right? Just because you're not doing it with alcohol anymore doesn't mean that the need goes away. It means that you still need to fill it, but find something else to do it. 
and there's a ton of benefits from from doing that from martial arts from than just that but um to stay focused is you know you you have to try man it's hard it's really hard i'm not gonna lie to you man it's it's really tough and it's lonely because the first thing that's gonna happen to you if you decide to start getting clean and start trying to you know figure shit out is that people people are gonna abandon you man and the people that you thought were your friends you're gonna realize man that they were only your drinking buddies or your smoking buddies or your coke buddies or whatever and once you stop doing that or tell them you need to dry out or quit you know most people will not talk to you most people will fall off and then then there's a few handful of people that will still talk to you and those are your true friends the whole time and that and that's depressing too man that will that will that will fuck you up too man i'm not gonna lie um so you know what is the come on man you don't have a stop sign let's go dude so what do you do man i don't know i don't know what you should do i know that you can't give up you know despite as many times as you get close to or you want to say goodbye, man, you just can't. Because once once you get through it, once you get through that point, that low point, you look back on it and realize, man, it's really not like it's really not a big deal. It really wasn't anything. You know, and and the more that you overcome it, and I found this to be true for myself, the more times that I've overcome going over the deep end, and coming back from that that dark place, the more confident I feel. The more I understand it, the more I know that, you know, this, whether this is normal or not for everyone, this is what it is for me. And I know, like, I can see when I'm going into that place. I can sense it. I can, you know, do things to uh, minimize it, the, like the, the, the effect of it. I can minimize the length of it. Um... And, you know, and being aware of it and knowing that it's happening, you know that it's not permanent. You know, you know, it's a temporary thing. You know, you know, this is part of the cycle. And, um, you know, the more you go through it, the easier it gets. You know, I used to be, I would get to like, I mean, a long time ago, man, when I was still drinking a lot, like I would get in these um, episodes where it would be like a month, like just complete, just literally having suicidal thoughts for like a month. Um, and as I got over the years, man, like I, like I get to a point now still a couple of times a month, maybe not a month, but a couple, you know, a few days a month, every once in a while, um, I'll get to a point where I just don't want to talk anymore. I don't feel like, you know, going that extreme to, you know, wanting to end my life, but I just don't want to talk to anyone. And I, and I, and I take that as a victory. I said, okay, you know what, man, it used to be a month of suicidal thoughts. Now it's just three days where you just want to be left alone. And that's okay. And each time I go through it, I learn what triggered it and kind of what, um, what, what caused it. And, um, you know, each time it gets shorter, it gets less severe. It's, it's, it's easier to understand. You know, I know, I know when it's coming, I know what I can do about it. I know how to, to manage it the best way. So it doesn't affect the people around me. And, um, you know, I live with it. You know, but that's the, that's the key word in all this is that you live, 
with it. And you and you grow, man. Because you know, being in that in that spot, man, where you just you're you're in a hole you feel that you're in a hole so deep that you can't ever get out. You know, you feel like even if you dig and, and fight and claw your way out no matter what, you'll never get out of it. You know, why not take the easy way out? You feel that way. Um you know, it's if you're going through anything like that, you know, please, please, man, reach out to me. You know, I'm not a therapist, man. I'm not a psychologist, but, you know, I'm here for you, man. I love you. Please don't. Please don't go through that alone because I know what it feels like and it's shitty. You know, please find someone that you can talk to, that you trust, uh, that won't judge you. That will just listen. You know, and I think that's what most of us really need in that moment is not judgment. It's not advice. Um, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you should be doing this and all this kind of shit because that makes it worse because you already know, man. You know, you already know what you should be doing and you already know that. But but just find someone to listen, you know. Even if, um, you know, it's, it's just talking like you have a phone app. This is one of my favorite things about my phone is that it has the voice memos. Voice memos are incredible because it allows you to just talk, right? And someone's listening. It may be yourself, but you're getting it out. You're saying it out loud. And when you say it out loud, sometimes it sounds ridiculous. And, you know, those... Um, fuck saying it out loud sometimes and hearing how dumb it sounds can sometimes be the thing that keeps you from going over the edge you know write it down um you know just you just have to get it out you just have to get it outside of you because if you keep holding on to it and you never let it out it will consume you it really will so anyway um, that's all I got for you. Um, you know, you can always find me on Instagram at Bon Jarney. Uh, Facebook, reach out to me. Just send me a friend request at John Barney or my business page at five to close. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's always someone there for you, man. You got this. You can do this. All right. The world needs you.